0: This is a bit of a a nervous uh, moment for me. This is the first time I'm preaching, um, if you don't count the one time I preached in Zambia um, on an outreach. Um, That was quite a fun one. I don't know if you remember Wolverine, but he was leading it. And he said, the local guys here in Zambia uh, does not want um, newbies to preach so please don't send the new newbies to preach. And he's like, "Whoever you like to preach." And I put up my hand. <laughs> so for those who don't know you know me, I'm Armand. I'm married to my beautiful wife Melissa, and we've got two kids: a daughter of two and a boy of four, uh, soon to be five. And um, I've been saved. For I, I gave my life to Jesus about 15 years ago, but somewhere in my journey, um, when I started my journey with God, it felt like a roller coaster. Um, when I gave my life, all of a sudden, I could hear his voice. Um, he told me what to do, He told me to join Josh Jen. and then um, uh, I ministered to people, people got saved. And then for years, it felt like my faith reached a plateau. It felt like my my faith was standing still. And for years and years, I've been coming to church. And there there was some form of life, but um, something was missing in my walk um, with Jesus. And it took me um, about 12 years to figure out what that was. My sermon is called... Unlocking the intimacy of the Father. And and that was, spoiler alert, that was the thing that was missing in my life. And, and for you, I don't know, everyone's at different places when it comes to um, their faith walk. Some of you might um, not know Jesus yet. And some might have been with Jesus for a while and also feel stuck. And if you feel stuck, um, I would like... Um, you to listen very carefully because I'm trusting the Lord will unlock something, give you some keys to also unlock intimacy with Him today. Um, So yeah, that's where I'm heading. Just quickly, a definition of intimacy is the experience of really knowing and being known by another person. So it's really knowing my Father in heaven and Him knowing me. That is, that is the definition. So the first thing I want to look at is God created mankind for intimacy. So turn, turn with me to Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground so God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God He created them male and female. So in in chapter one, it gives us an overview of creation. So God created this paradise for mankind to live in and to rule over. Um, And then we see in chapter two that He starts zooming in on the story of how man was created because the story of how man was created, mankind, is is very important. So he highlights that part of creation. So um, if we can go to Genesis 2, verse 7. So for all the creation, all of creation, God created everything by his word. He spoke everything into being except man. So it says in Genesis 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. It's like, it's incredible to think, um, I had the privilege of listening to Ryan Kingsley, and some of you know him, he's uh, he's, um, leading a couple of churches up in Joburg at the moment, and uh, sitting in his teaching, he described this thing where God created man, and when he breathed life into his nostrils, and Adam opened his eyes, the first thing he must have seen was God. The first thing man saw when he opened his eyes was God. And that was just, that's just an image for me of like intimacy, like God is this close to you, he just breathed into your nostrils life, and here he is intimately, in your face. So God's plan from the start was for us to be intimate with Him. Most of us know the story of, of um, how things changed. So they were in the garden. Adam and Eve was in the garden. And um, the Bible said they were walking with God in the cool of the day. And so there was an intimate relationship between God and, and man. And then sin entered the world. Um, obviously, Adam and Eve was deceived by the serpent, and they, were, um, they ate of the forbidden tree in the middle of the garden. And God said, when you eat of that tree, what will happen is you will die. surely die. That's what the Scripture says. And what that means is their spirit will die. So that thing that connects us with God died when they were disobedient. And if you can turn to um, Genesis 3, verse 8 to 9. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to man, Where are you? Do you think an all-knowing God will not know where Adam and Eve was. Obviously, He knew where they were physically in the garden. But spiritually, they were dead. That connection was lost between Adam and God. That intimacy immediately was lost. I think in His knowledge, He knew that this is going to happen, and someday he's going to restore it. He's going to send his son to earth to restore the relationship for intimacy again. That brings me to the next point is God made a way for us to be intimate with him again, all right? So he created us to be intimate with him. Then intimacy was gone, and then he made another way for us to be intimate with him again, but in a better way than the first way. So, what happened was, um, Jesus came to earth, um, the Son of God came to earth, He walked among us, He became one of us, fully man and fully God, He came to earth, and He was the only one that was able to pay the price for our sins, right? Once we give our lives to, to God, and um, we see Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we, we get, and we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we are reconnected with the living God, restoring that intimacy. Um, and in Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-four, 34, um, this is a prophecy um, that was made Years and years, I'm not sure exactly how how long before Jesus came, but I I think it's around uh, 800 years before Jesus came, this prophecy was made. And it says, and this speaks of that time when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we are reconnected with God. It says, no longer will they teach their neighbor or say to any other, uh, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. And that know in Hebrew is "yada," And the Hebrew word "yada" means to, to intimately know. Uh, it's a, so it's reading, they will intimately know the Lord because of what Jesus has done and the spirit that reconnects us. So, so that intimacy now can be restored because of what, what Jesus has done on the cross for us. This is a very important piece of Scripture, because that piece of Scripture is repeated six times in the New Testament, six times. That prophecy is repeated six times, and, and that was just, see, that was prophesied, this is what happened, the Holy Spirit came, and we are reconnected with God because of, of that. So every time something is repeated more than once in the Bible, it's normally a sign that it's important. Um, So that intimacy with God is very important to God. So from God's side, He did all that He can do for us to be intimate with Him. So what do we do? We try to please Him. We try to do this and we try to do that. We create religions and we, we, we try to... To please God with that, but God has already made a plan for us, and his name is jesus he 's a person that came to earth to, to save us. Um, so what will prevent us from intimacy with the Father? and this is where my story um, starts. Um, there 's two things that, that God highlighted to me, probably there 's probably much more than that, but um, the two things that God highlighted to me. That will prevent intimacy with the Father, and that is one, pride, and we'll dig into pride what that is a little bit later, because you can go, I don't have pride, okay, and then the other thing is trust. Um, It is impossible to have intimacy if you don't trust someone, just ask my wife. If she doesn't trust me, there will be no intimacy. Likewise, if I don't trust her, there will be no intimacy. It just takes not trusting from one side to break that intimacy. And normally, well, always it's from us, from our side. It's always from our side. Um, so this is, this is where my story, I would like to share a little bit of my, my journey that God took me on last year. Like I said, I was saved 15 years ago. Um, I gave my life to Jesus, and then um, things started changing in my life. Um, I could all of a sudden hear His voice. He started telling me to do things. Um, And we had that type of relationship where God spoke to me, and I did for a very long time, all right? But it was always... It wasn't, it wasn't very deep things. It was more, um, Armand, I want you to, to go and um, go to this uh, men's meeting in, in Paul. There's a men's meeting. Get in your car and drive there. They meet there at 5 o'clock in the morning. Go there. I want you to give them a, a message. And it was very easy for me to hear God for other people but I couldn't hear God for myself. And I think it was because, or I know it was because of the the intimacy. I always struggled with, with quiet times or intimacy times with the Lord. I never knew how to really do them. And that for me as a Christian was a bit concerning because how can you call yourself a Christian and hear God's voice but not be able to connect with Him intimately? Every time I heard that scripture in Revelation that speaks about The people coming to Jesus saying, "Um, we've done all these amazing godly things in your name. But then Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me. Another area in my life that shows that I had a problem with intimacy is the fact that I could not get victory over pornography. For more than 20 years, I struggled with that sin. And I knew it was sin. I confessed it as sin. And I knew I had to bring it in in the light. Um, I tried everything I possibly could to overcome it, but no matter what I tried, I just couldn't get victory in this area. It was one of those areas in my life where I felt like this is disqualifying me from walking in God's calling. And I've tried, and I've tried, and I tried to to get victory over this thing, and I just couldn't get victory over it. And then, beginning of last year, God started speaking to me. You see, I had something that you call a orphan spirit. Now, orphan spirit is not a is not a demonic spirit, as so it's it's a it's a wrong heart posture. It's a wrong way of thinking. I'm seeing God in the wrong way, and therefore, I cannot live in in the fullness of what God has called me to because of this this wrong thinking that I have. So, the beginning of last year, God said, this year is the year that I will get rid of this orphan spirit in your life. The other thing that, I, that sometimes go hand in hand with the orphan spirit, especially in men, is like... Um, being emotionally stunted, like you do feel, but it's not like it's not like this deep feeling that you feel. Um, the last time I also, the last time that I cried was when I gave my life to the Lord, um, and that was the last time I cried for four hours. And I was like, maybe I'm cried out now because. <laughs> um, so so those were the two things. I was emotionally stunted and had a wrong view of God. But here's the thing. In my head, I knew the truth. I knew in my head. I knew the right answers. I knew I am a son of God. In my head, I knew that. But I didn't receive it in my heart because something else was blocking that. Some other lie that I believed was blocking the thing of, like, God is my Father. I didn't i knew it but i didn't if i had to be honest i didn't believe it and that and that was the that was the main thing for me like what is that thing in your heart that prevents you from believing that God is your father and that he's a good father. What, what is that thing? And God started journeying with me in that year. And through that year, I started speaking to people. I started opening up about this thing. I'm like, this thing needs to go. Like, I can't be unemotional for the rest of my life. I need to get rid of this thing because this thing will kill me one day. And with the pornography thing, God started to work in me uh, even a year before that. Uh, he, he said one thing to me. He said, Armand, I want you to pray for the fear of the Lord. And I pray that. And be careful what you pray for because He, he will give it to you. Um, and every time I would see a girl on the street that's dressed inappropriately, I would get visions of hell. It's like He was training me to look away. When there is something I shouldn't be looking at, so that was the start of it. The next year, he said, "I'm going to do this orphan, the orphan's birth thing," because that's actually um, that's actually the problem—the way you see the father. And so um, I started speaking to people, and um, I spoke to a couple of guys. And someone sent me to someone at the Josh Jen office. I work at uh, Josh Gen. Um, I'm part of the film team. And um, they said, well, this guy went through a similar thing, like with um, addiction and with uh, orphan spirit. Go speak to him. And I told him my story. And he connected me with one of um, the counselors in, in Josh Jane. And I started having Zoom calls with her. And um, she was able to, to help me identify roots in my life. And sometimes, sometimes that is needed. Sometimes you need to find where the roots are coming from so that you can, let's not call it roots, let's call it lies. Some, you have to find out where those lies are. And you, just, you, don't, you can't do this on your own. You need to do this with, with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you the lie that you believe. And then what you do is you replace that lie with the truth. And, and you find scriptures where it talks about the truth in that area. And you speak that over yourself until, until you believe it. And, and so that was, that was really helpful to me, um, was, was talking to her and asking her, what is it, the, what is the area? Cause I was like, in the beginning of the meeting, I, I didn't even know what to say. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it was like, it was really, <laughs> I really needed the Holy Spirit to speak to me, um, in where those areas are in my life. Cause I was, I was clueless. I was really clueless. I didn't know where where the lies were. Even it was so hidden that I didn't even know where those lies were. So I really needed the Holy Spirit to to guide me in finding those lies to replace it. And then um, last year, um, someone came to church, um, Lee, and um, he spoke about intimacy and. He made it really practical. You can find that preach online um, on Justin's uh, website if you want to listen to that one. It was really practical. So I'm just going to skim over what he said. But basically what he said was intimacy with, with God. Uh, the one thing that, that um, stood out for me was take a husband and a wife. If they go shopping, uh, the husband might tell the wife, listen, can you get me some steaks? Do this, do this. And like it's communication, But it's not intimacy and you you need the communication but you also need the intimacy um, with your wife and the same with god is i just had that communication part with god do this do that but i didn't have the intimacy part and so that was the one thing that that stood out for me and i can remember that the morning before i came to church i asked god lord I just, just give me some keys. I really struggle with this intimacy thing. Um, Help me, just give me some keys. And I was listening, and I was listening out for keys that will help me. And afterwards, um, he prayed, and I I put up my hand. I'm like, I'm not going to change if I put up my hand. I have to, I can't be prideful here. (laughs) I need to put up my hand. I'm safe for 15 years, but I need intimacy with the Lord. Sometimes you have to admit that. Otherwise, your relationship will never change if you don't get to a place where you can admit, I need help in this area. And I put up my hand, and I said, Lord, please give me these keys. And, and then um, he came to me, and then he spoke to me and, he, and, and prayed for me. And, um, and he said, Armand, um, the key for you... And he used that those words, well, to 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 allow God to lead your intimacy with Him, to allow God to to allow almost when there's, if there's a man and a, and a wife in a relationship in a in a marriage, the husband will lead the intimacy. And for for me, I needed to let go and allow God to lead me. In an intimate relationship, I had to ask him to to tell me what time would you like to meet tomorrow. And and normally it's and and usually it's very practical. It's um, so I've got a shoot tomorrow morning. I have to be at work at six o'clock in the morning to set up. So um, like twelve o'clock, maybe when I'm done, okay, that's the time I'll I'll have with the Lord. So it's not. It's not always like first thing in the morning. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. But it, it's allowing God to determine what time you will meet with Him and where and the circumstances. So I, I, I don't do like intimacy times with the Lord at one place. I will do it a lot of times. I, I would sit in my car. I'll put on some music. Um, go park underneath a tree somewhere. And... Um, and then have a little book with me uh, with a pen and then I will wait on the Lord and then I will wait for him to speak um, and he wants to speak um, in different ways he speaks to different ways to different people some get pictures some get scripture some get hear his voice some like it's different ways you you can hear God but for me um, I did that and the first day um after that meeting um the monday i sat down and i said lord i'm very task orientated Um, i i find it hard to have intimate times with my wife having intimate conversation with my wife i don't even do it with my wife so um so that's the other thing he said was if you get your intimacy right with God, your intimacy will, will come right at home. And, I mean, that's, not, that's something I didn't even tell him that was lacking in our marriage. So I started. I'm like, okay, Lord, let's do this thing. Tell me what, where, when, how do you want to do this? And... I put on music, and I must say the first the first day was was quite hard. I put on this, this background music. Um, just it's like it's called Christian soaking music. It's got no it's not got no lyrics. Don't don't uh, get uh, don't listen to stuff with the lyrics when you're having your quiet time. Um, and so I just want to I just want to quickly go through a couple of days, like my first my first couple of days, um, doing quiet time. And immediately God started speak to you, speaking to me about digging wells. It's all about digging wells. You need to find the living water, and you need to dig a well. All right? So for yourself, you need to dig a well. You need to have this intimacy with God. You need to dig a well. Um, and I said, okay, God, um, I will dig a well. What does it mean? It's, it's like it's just spending time with God. That's what digging a well means. It's not going get a spade and let's dig. Um, and, and immediately he gave me a, a scripture and I deliberately don't memorize, uh, scripture references because that's one of the way God speaks to me. He will, he will tell me Romans five verse four. That's what he will tell me. And I'm like, okay, well, and then I'll go to my Bible and I'll flick there and I'm like, okay, what does it say? And then it says, endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. And it's, okay, God is trying to encourage me. It's like, keep on with this thing. Go for it. And then I said, God, okay. Um, and then he spoke other things as well, but like, and he said, okay, God, in the natural, it takes a certain amount of time to dig a well. How long is this going to take before I hit water? Because I need to a, have a goal for myself. And he gave me a, a, a certain amount of days. It wasn't even months or years or whatever. It might be different for everyone. But he, he gave me a certain amount of days. And like in my head, I went, okay, that's doable. I can do that. And then every day after that, I started having a quiet time. And every day... It's like, and I didn't force myself to have an hour or two hours. i be very, sp- I said, if it's 15, 20 minutes, then, then, it's, then it's enough. And um, um, so the second day, God spoke to me about Jesus being the high priest, Jesus interceding for me, Jesus doing all these things for me. And like, immediately I started feeling like, the pressure is off me. It started, it started going off me. It gave me another picture of um, the nutcracker, and I had to Google that. And it's a picture of someone stepping in for someone else. And it, again, it's the, um, it's the picture of Jesus being the high, high priest, stepping in for you, praying for you, wanting you to do good because he's interceding for you. Um, and the third day, I hit hard ground. That's all I wrote here. (laughs) Hard ground. And um, I remembered my first day of quiet time, God said, you're going to hit hard ground sometimes. And what you need to do is you need to be with the church when you hit hard ground, because that is where you're going to get the water from. If you hit hard ground, you need water to soften that ground. And if you don't have water... It's going to stay hard ground. You need to connect with the church. And that was a a community night. And I went there. And after the community night, I felt like, yo, there's life. I felt that water. And I could pour that water into my well to soften the ground. And it was great. The next day was, was great. And so it goes on. And all of a sudden, I'm like, having this relationship with God, and my wife is like, oh, this is great. You're treating me so differently. I'm like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, so, so, without me knowing it, God started changing my heart. But it's not all good news. A couple of days in, um, I think it was 10, 11, 12, 13, I don't know how many days in. Um, I saw some stuff that I sh- shouldn't have looked at, and I fell to pornography, and I felt so bad about that. I'm like, oh, I, I got so far now. I'm like, I'm making progress with the Lord, and, and didn't have a good quiet time, obviously, um, and then um, the next day, I'm like, oh, I fell yesterday, so I might as well, you know, and then I fell again that day, and then, like, it was a slippery slope. Going backwards, backwards, backwards. So that morning, the next morning, um, God gave me a dream, and I know normally I know it's from God. With me, I don't know if with any of you, but when it's a prophetic dream, I I normally wake up exactly at five o'clock after the dream, and then I know okay, this is from God. Like, and I wake up after a dream, then I know it's a prophetic dream. And in this dream, I was I was um, in a shop. With my wife and it was like a macro type of shop. It wasn't macro, but it was like like a shop like that. And I was looking at these headphones. I'm like, oh, this is cool. But I was like, wasn't really interested in them. And the next scene, we were in the car driving out of the parking lot onto like a highway. Um, and then I realized. Oh, flip! I've I've got these my um, headphones. I didn't pay for them. It's like <laughs> it's in my car. I didn't I didn't want them. I just I was just looking at them. I don't want them. And I parked the car on the side of the road. And I said to my wife, "Just wait. I'll I'm just going to return these because I didn't buy these. I didn't want them. Like um, I don't want to steal them." And I got out of the car. And then two guys were approaching me. And I could see in their eyes they were just out there to to get me and to rob me or to harm me or whatever they wanted to do and I screamed to Melissa like lock the doors and she locked the doors and then she unlocked my side um, with her hand and I got in and um, I locked my door as I got in and I woke up and I'm like that's a weird dream (laughs) what does that mean and then I went back to my quiet time that morning and then um, I started reading scriptures, listening to music, and then all of a sudden, God started speaking to me. He said, remember that dream? Because I was trying to sort of put it in the background. Remember that dream? And then He started revealing to me the meaning of the dream. And He said, the, mu- the, the, the headphones that you um, in the stores that rep- represents secular music and I realized I was listening to a song on the radio a secular song and a funny thing it's not like a it's like an old song it's like a 60s or a 70s song but there was lust on that song that, that triggered me and I wasn't I was so surprised because I was never ever triggered by music And and then he said the two guys are the two days that you slipped up. And you escaped that danger this time, but next time you might not be so lucky. It was a warning. And in that moment I just cracked. I I like and then I'm like and I started crying and I realized how good God was. And that how he wants us to have a relationship with him, And he wants us to warn us about stuff. He wants us to, to be intimate with him. He wants us not to sin. He wants us to stay away from sin. Run away from sin. He wants, to, he wants us to conquer sin. And in that moment, I just realized that thing that was in my head that God is my father dropped to my heart. For the first time in my Christian walk. I felt God is my father. And he said, he said to me, my son, I want to teach you the things that your father never taught you. I want to be there for the times your dad wasn't there for you. I want to be there through the hard times and the good times, and I want to show you the way. And that is what intimacy is about. And from that moment... God has completely taken, I, I mean, there's no desire for, for watching pornography anymore. Like, none whatsoever. From that moment, I've never even looked at anything. It's like, it's, it's not even difficult anymore. And the thing is, the intimacy grew with, with the Father, and it grew. And he started telling me, okay, Armand... I want you to cut off this thing. I want you, um, for your own sake, I don't want you to watch Facebook anymore. Because that's, that's, that's not good for you. And you can justify it by like, oh, but I would reach people through there. And I yeah, listen to messages from Andrew on there and this and that. But if God tells you something to do, it's for your own good. And I, and I cut it off completely. And, and then he started telling me um, to do other stuff. And I started realizing God was getting rid of the idols in my life so that I can walk in my calling one day. And He's and He's getting rid of the idols. The latest thing He said in the beginning of the year, like Araminta, I want you to take care of the the, uh, the God of your stomach, because in the, the Scripture says their their God is is their stomach. So what I get from that is. I, when I want the chocolate, I'll eat a chocolate. When I want this, I'll eat it. If, like, if I feel like having something, I'll have it. And then that's, not, that's not self-control. That's not self-control at all. Like, and through the intimate relationship with, with the Lord, it's very easy to get rid of those things. And, and I even felt God highlight to me like what He wants me to do, like the specific... Uh, way he wants me to eat and I've done that it's it's great I've lost my boopy and <laughs> and it's uh, but the main reason why I did it was to n- I don't want my stomach to control me like I want I want God to be in control um, when, when this change happened that day when God um, dropped that thing in my heart I felt like God gave me a new heart it was, uh, and like, I was crying. I was like the whole day I was just crying. And I'm like, it, it's crazy what God can do in a moment. He's a God of the sudden. He's all of a sudden, he, he does something. But from my side, I had to be available. I had to spend time with, I had to dig that well. I had to diligently say, okay, no matter what it's going to cost me, I need to get up or in the afternoon, I need to spend that time with the Lord so that he can direct me and he can guide me to where i need to be in my life so i'm just going to quickly touch on the pride and the and the trust thing um so when it comes to pride um that's the one area that can um, prevent you from having an intimate relationship with the lord um in one peter five it says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Okay, so, so obviously that's important. We've got elders in our, in our house, and we need to posture ourselves underneath them because they have been placed in our lives. We need to submit ourselves to them because they will give an account for our lives one day. And it says, Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. So it's, it's just widening. So submit yourself to the elders. Submit yourself to one another. Um, and uh, be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This is a, for me, this is a very, very deep scripture. It's a very relevant scripture for our times. Because in our times it's all about me, and and we might have pride in our lives, and we and we so prideful we don't even see the pride in our lives. Therefore, it says submit yourselves to the elders and to one another, so that you won't be so that you won't be prideful. Because if you are if you have pride in your life, God will resist you. Like I don't want anything to do with you. You think you can do this on your own? And by the way, that's. And I think that's that's the area in my life the orphan spirit the lie. A big sign of the orphan spirit is you want to do everything. You like you 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 struggle to trust, and you, you want to do everything, um, and you think you can do stuff better. Um, and you, um, a lot of the times, um, kids that that grow up with a without a father they need to step up and like i will do this i will normally they are the guys who's, who, who is the intra- entrepreneurs and cuz they want to do it, step it up by themselves and that's that's the that's the sin that, that got adam and eve wanting to be gods wanting to know good from evil um, that's the original sin wanting to do it ourselves that's the that's pride um, but it's also pride it's also the root of unforgiveness being unrepented of sin, or unconfessed sin, um, not being teachable, not being accountable, um, and not being submitted under godly authority—that's the, the the verse that I that I read. So that is what what pride looks like. And then trust um, trust is is can stand on its own. We all know what trust is. If you don't trust God, then um, then there 's something wrong. Um, if you put up Proverbs three, verse five and six, right, there we go. it says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, and always submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight." So that 's is, that is, basically a command, and I need to land this thing. Sorry. Um is if you trust in the Lord, He is not gonna make things easier for you, but spiritually He's gonna make things easier for you. Like as soon as I started trusting God, things became easier between me and God. Things became stuff he asked me to do became easier. To to give up a lot of food became easier. Um, All those things became easier because of that I'm I'm starting to trust God now. And I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'm just going to pray for us and then we'll end there. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you have made a way for us to be intimate with you. thank you for your son jesus that he died on a cross for us so that we can come into your presence that we can come into your throne room freely because of what your son has done your blood washes us clean lord from the inside out and we can come into your presence freely lord thank you father that today from today some people's lives will be changed lord And some people for the first time will experience intimacy with you because of what you've done and what you've unlocked in their lives, Lord. Lord, even Merv said last week that you want to bring intimacy into this congregation. And having intimate times with you, Father, will change our hearts and will change the way this congregation looks people will see you because of the intimacy we have with you lord people will experience you because of the intimacy we have with you and one and one with one with one another lord we thank you lord that you provided everything we need to be intimate with you lord and i pray for everyone lord that that wants to be more intimate with you lord that they will really find those keys Lord. I pray that they will press through the hard times of sometimes experiencing hard ground lord i pray that they will be filled up in church and in communities so that they can dig their well lord and find the living water that you provide lord i pray this in jesus name amen and amen